Well, good morning, church. And we're glad you're here this morning. I hope that you had an incredible day yesterday and Christmas. Hope that was awesome for you. Maybe for some of you, you've still got some lingering family. Hope it's the, the family portion that you like. And maybe they're still lingering around. Maybe you've still got some stops to make for Christmas. Uh, maybe, quite frankly, like many of you, you have food left over in the fridge that you're going to be eating on for the next month. And so anyway, I hope yesterday was an incredible, incredible, incredible day for you. And you know, you think about it, sometimes there's so much buildup to like Christmas, right? There's so much buildup up with so much that's going on that sometimes I wonder when there's so much buildup, is it possible that after that moment that sometimes there's this major letdown, right? This major letdown. And, and you know, so we get built up for Christmas, we get so anxious about it, we get all the way and we get focused on it, and then all of a sudden it's over and, and there's this major letdown. You know, for the last four weeks, we've been spending time talking through this idea of Advent, the, the arrival of Christ, and we've talked about, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about the hope that we have in Christ the joy that's found in Christ, the love that we can discover in Christ, and the peace that's only found in Christ. We basically said this last week, that Jesus is our everything. Amen, church? Amen. I hope you believe that this morning. And so we spent four weeks focusing on how Jesus is just everything to us. Ultimately, we're hoping with this reality that we come to the place where we're like, okay, because Jesus is everything to us, now my heart and now our minds are ready and prepared for Christmas. And hopefully you felt that way yesterday. Now here's the question for you. Now what, right? All this build up. And for some of us, you know, maybe you go back to work tomorrow. I know I said the bad word, but you go back to work tomorrow. Maybe for some of you have off to the end of the year and you go back January. And there's this moment where, okay, we've had all this build up. My heart, my mind's been prepared. I've, I've thought about the hope, the love, the joy, the peace that I have in Christ. And, and all that's been driving me to, to that moment. And now, now what? Do we just go back to normal. And I want to suggest something to you this morning. That when I read the Christmas story, and we're going to come back to it today, you're like, Christmas is over. It's never really over, is it? And so we're going to come back to it because I think when I read the Christmas story, here's what I discover. That there's a serious aftermath of Christmas. That there are people that came and engaged this baby Jesus, and their lives were never the same again. That moment when they left the manger scene, it wasn't life as normal. It wasn't, hey, let's go back and do what we've always been doing. I mean, there was something about them that changed drastically, that impacted the rest of their life. And my prayer is just basically this, that over the last four weeks that you've learned some things about yourself. That you've learned how your hope has moved from maybe wishful thinking to, okay, no, it's being certain that God is going to deliver on his word. Or maybe your view of love has shifted from this notion of, well, I'm fond of things to, no, it's an unconditional affection and devotion. That maybe you've discovered that your joy is not in your circumstances, your joy is in Christ. And maybe you've discovered that the peace, the thing you're longing for, can't be found in stuff but it can be found in a person. I pray the last four weeks something is changing you, that yesterday was a different day for you. That's why we gave you Advent kits to take home. I hope you took time with your family to do this. We did that with some family and friends, and, and it was just a beautiful moment in the midst of chaos to remind ourselves that Jesus is our everything. And I would contend that those people who encountered Jesus as a baby in a manger were never the same again. And so what I want us to do today, I want us to go back to the very end of the Christmas story, and I want us to look, and I, I really believe there's three lessons that we can learn from the people in this Christmas story. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to be, and I'm going to ask you to stand with me in honor of reading God's Word. And I'm just going to read three verses today. I'm going to start in verse 17 through 20, and here's what the Word of God says. 
And when they saw it, talking about the shepherds, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. And God, I pray that as we think about this morning, that there would not be this emotional and spiritual letdown today, that we would realize the truth of Christmas is the truth that sustains us through life that you are always our hope, that you are always the love we're longing for. You are always our joy, and in you we can always find peace, Lord. I pray as we see in the story, there's some real lessons that we can learn so we don't go back to normal, but when we go back to the world, we go back changed and different. So God, be with us. Help us learn these lessons today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. There's three lessons I want to learn quickly this morning, and here's the first lesson. We should treasure and ponder the journey that God has us on. That we should learn to treasure and ponder the journey God has us on. Look with me again in verse 19, what it says. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. It says Mary treasured. That's the first word. Maybe you want to underline your Bible. She treasured up these things. Now, that word treasure just basically means she deeply reflected on. She stored it up. In other words, she thought deeply about it, she reflected on it, and she stored it up. She treasured it in her heart. Now, what what would she have treasured? Well, a lot of things. First of all, she would have treasured the events that she just gone through. Think about it. You're 12 or 13 years old. You're doing your thing. You're, You're waiting for your betrothed husband to come back. He's building a house for you. He's preparing things for you, and you're waiting for the consummation. You're waiting for that marriage to take place, and all of a sudden, an angel shows up and says, hey, by the way, you're going to have the son of God. You're going to give birth to the child, the, the, the savior of the world is coming through you. That was quite the interruption in Mary's life, wasn't it? Do you think she spent moments treasuring up that moment when the angel first spoke to her? You think she treasured the moments as she was pregnant with Jesus, and even when she went to see Elizabeth, and Elizabeth was there, and the, the, the John the Baptist jumped in Elizabeth's room? Do you think she treasured and reflected deeply on those moments? Sure she did. You think she reflected deeply and began to store up the moments when the shepherds showed up? Think about it. You're Mary and Joseph. You're in a cave cut out where the, the animals stay, and all of a sudden these dirty shepherds show up. There had to be this moment in Mary going, okay, why, why, why are you here? And the angels began to tell him. You think she was treasuring and pondering and thinking about all the things the angels had told them, all the things that the angels had experienced, and they're telling Mary and Joseph? Sure she would have. But you know the thing I think she was treasuring the most? Was the journey that God had her on. See, at 12 or 13, I don't know about you, but when I was 12 or 13, my, my 10-year plan was never really into place. Anybody else? But I can tell you what was not been in my plan is what Mary had gone through. And you think, listen to me, this is big. You think there was a moment when Mary just sat down after it was all over with and just began to treasure things. Began to remember and reflect on and treasure when that angel appeared. This nine months of pregnancy. 
That place where you thought, I'm going to have nowhere to lay the, the, the head and rest of my baby anywhere, and yet there's a manger waiting for you. I mean, you think she probably spent some moments treasuring how God had orchestrated one thing after the next thing after the next thing. I mean, by all of his purposes, Joseph should have put her away. He should have divorced her. She could have been stoned to death for what she experienced. And you think there's a moment where she began to treasure all the ways that God had protected her, provided for her, and guided her on this journey. And I would say, yes. See, when it says she treasured all these things, it was, didn't mean it was just a warm fuzzy. It means she really reflected on them. And she stored up all these emotions, all these thoughts, all these feelings on all that happened to her. She treasured all these things. And then it says, and then she pondered them in her heart. That word ponder just means this, to make sense of. Now, what was she trying to make sense of? All the things that have just happened, right? I mean, all the things that she had experienced. I mean, why me, Lord? Why? I mean, why did you choose me? I mean, I, I'm not that I'm not excited you to chose me, but but what 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 is the what is the rationale behind all that's happened? I mean, she's pondering these things, so she's treasured all these events, what the shepherd said, the journey God had her on. But now she's pondering it. She's like, I need to make sense of where's this thing going. Now think about that for a moment. Do you think she was excited at this miracle that she experienced? Yes. But as a mother, moms, can I say this? Do you think there was a moment as she was pondering and trying to make sense of all that was happening that there might have been a moment for her that she might have begun thinking something like this? What will my child's life begin to look like? Do you think she pondered that one? Do you think she pondered the notion that he is going to be the savior for his people? What does that look like? I mean, we know, well, it's a cross, a sacrifice. Yeah, but did she know that? Yeah, she knew that the forgiveness of sin came through sacrifice in the Jewish Old Testament, but I'm sure as a mother sitting there going, okay, if he has come to deliver his people, what is that going to look like? And Mary treasured all the things that happened. And listen, and then she pondered them in heart. She sought to make sense of them. Now, I just want to tell you something. Too many of us in the world today, too many of us, life happens at like zero to 100 really fast all the time, doesn't it? I mean, would you agree that life is busy and happens really crazy fast? But how many times do we spend moments treasuring and pondering like Mary did? Treasuring and pondering the journey that God has us on. And see, I believe that one of the lessons that you and I can learn is just like Mary, that we should treasure the journey that God has us on. That we should look at the events of our lives, maybe the conversations in our life, and we should look at those moments and go, okay, okay, uh, this is the journey that God's had me on, and I'm going to deeply reflect on that journey. I'm going to store up that moment that I experienced. Listen, we need to take some time to treasure the moments in our lives, the events in our lives. Now, I know, because I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I know I kind of threw my man card on the table when I said I loved Hallmark Christmas movies, which ended yesterday, by the way, so I'm done with Hallmark for at least 12 months. But I, I said I love that, but can I tell you why I think I love it? I was thinking about this today. I think it is because the older I get, the more sensitive I become. You know why? Because I've been through some stuff. I've walked a journey with people that have been through some stuff. I've experienced some things, haven't you? I've been through some hurts. 
I've been through some pains. I've been through some crazy, awesome things. I've got three boys, and I remember when they were small and tiny, and now one lives in Missouri, and one's on a plane back to Texas, and one fortunately still lives with us. And I, I look back at those Christmases and those moments going, did I really treasure those like I should? So the older I get, the more sentimental I become, and I find myself looking at life differently than I've ever looked at it before. I see every event and every moment and really every conversation as a journey that God has me on, a journey that I want to treasure, a journey that I want to store up, a journey that I want to be able to look back on and go, isn't God good? See, one of the journeys I'm most thankful for is the journey that happened in February of 2008 that led me to be here at Cross Life East. I'm thankful for that journey. Now, I know because some of you hear me say all the time, like that preacher just says it all the time. Well, listen, I mean it. When I say this church is a family, I love this family. Listen, outside of my immediate family, the people in this church are the people that I love the most in my life. Because when I see you and I'm around you, there's something about you that impacts my life. You are our family, and we desperately love you. And every time I'm around you, every event, every moment, I find myself wanting to treasure as if I could take a picture spiritually of every moment and never forget it. And I'm just saying as a believer, hear me on this, life happens way too fast. Moments pass way too fast. We need to be like Mary and find some opportunities to begin to treasure up some things. Take those conversations. Take the events. Take the journey that God has been placing you on to the point where you're at today and treasure every turn, every curve, every ditch, and every mountain that you've been over to get to this moment. We, like Mary, need to treasure some things. Knowing that, we need to begin to ponder all the things that have happened to us, pondering how God has worked in our lives, that as we look at these events and we look at these moments in our life, we need to begin to say, okay, God, I want to make sense of that. I want to make sense of the journey you've had me on. Here's what I mean by that. God, what lessons should I have learned when I went through that? God, what lessons were you trying to teach me that maybe I was too stubborn to hear? God, what, what growth should I have experienced when I went through that heart, that failure, that loss, that struggle, that job issue? What are some things, God, that I should have grown from that I haven't? Now listen, knowing do we need to reflect on all the stuff that's happened to us, knowing should we reflect on the journey that God has had us on, but listen, we need to spend time pondering that journey, asking this question, what lessons should have learned? Just a real quick show of hand. How many of you can look back on the, on the, 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 the chapters of your life and go, man, I've learned some pretty valuable lessons the Lord has taught me. Okay, put your hands down. Do you think that quite possibly there was a many more lessons he wanted to teach you that we just weren't listening to? Sure. And I think part of, listen, part of pondering is not just reflecting, it's trying to make sense of it. What, what are some things that I can learn? What are some growth that I should have experienced? And one of the lessons I think in the aftermath of Christmas that we can learn, like Mary, is that we need to learn to treasure and to ponder God's journey that he has us on. Let me give you a second lesson I think we need to learn, and it's this, that we should proclaim the truth about Jesus. Everywhere we go, we should proclaim the truth about Jesus. Look with me in verse 17 and 18. And when they, the shepherds, saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. So these shepherd guys, they, they left the scene of the manger. They come, they see this baby Jesus, they leave the scene. And listen, they told everybody that would listen the good news about Jesus. Think about it. Everybody that would pay attention, they shared with. And what did they do? They shared about what they saw. 
And they shared about what they heard. Now, what did they see? Well, you know what we saw? Hey, we were just hanging out with the sheep, you know, the dumb sheep. And we were kind of crowning the sheep. And this one named Jack kept going crazy. And we kept bringing him back and bringing him back. And all of a sudden, an angel appeared to us. And then that angel appeared. He began to talk to us. And then the heavenly host, meaning there were more than we could ever imagine, showed up. And they began to tell us that, they, that the baby Jesus, the Savior of the world, had been born. And this birth wasn't just for the who's who or the elite. This birth was for all humanity. And that's what we saw. Saul, and that's what we heard. Everybody they came in contact with, that's the message they would share. That an angel appeared and said, we've got some good news. We've got some good news that's going to change your life. We've got some good news that's going to interrupt your story, and it's going to bring you great joy if you'll receive it. And that news is the Savior has come. And these shepherds told everybody that would listen. They think about it. These people, it says here that they listened and they were, they wondered at what the shepherds had said. Now think about it. These shepherds were the nobodies, right? They were the outcasts. They were the ostracized. They were the non-influencers in society. And yet people are listening to them. Why would they listen to them? Because the message the shepherds are sharing is revolutionary. This idea that a heavenly father loves us so much that he would step into time and step into space and become one of us and offer all of us salvation is revolutionary. And these people were listening. Hear me. They were listening because if what the shepherds are saying is true, it can change all of our lives. Do you think it changed the life of the shepherds? Come on. Do you think it changed the life of the shepherds? They were never the same again, were they? They went as outcasts. And they left excited. They came as nobodies. And they left somebodies. And everybody they shared with, they listened to them and heard them. And all listen, all they did was they spoke of what they heard and what they had seen. And God used that to meet the needs of those who heard it. They shared the truth of Jesus. Hear me. And so should we. Now I got some really powerful news for you this morning. You ready? We have more than the truth of the birth, don't we? All they have was the truth of the birth. You know what we have? We have the truth of the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. And another way to say it is we have the whole truth. And let me just ask you, has the whole truth changed your life? Has the whole truth changed your life? Come on, I can't hear you. Do you believe the whole truth can change somebody else's life? How can it if we don't share it? Right? Hey, it's changed me. And I believe it can change everybody else. But if I don't share the whole truth of people that I come in contact with, how in the world can it change their life? And what I think the lesson we can learn is this, is that we need to make sure that we proclaim the truth about Jesus just like the shepherds did. I pray that we would have the courage and the urgency that the shepherds had to proclaim the truth of Christ everywhere we go. Guess what? When you leave here, you're going somewhere. You're doing something. And will you proclaim the truth of Jesus everywhere you go? Which leads me to the third lesson I want us to learn as we kind of wrap up this morning. It's this. We should make worship a priority. Make worship a priority. Look at me, verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they heard and seen as it had been told to them. Now, one thing I find interesting is, did you notice what it said first of all in verse uh, 20? It said, and the shepherds returned. Where did they go? They went back to the fields, right? 
Now, the one thing I found interesting in that phrase is because there's another story in Scripture when Peter, James, and John are with Jesus in what's called the Mount of Transfiguration, which is basically a mountain they were on where they got to see Jesus as one day we will see Jesus. And Peter did what most of us would do, going, hey, I don't want to go back to the real world. I want to pitch up and throw up some tents here, and I just want to stay right here, and I want to be with Jesus forever. Do you think the shepherds would love to just hang out with Jesus? Do you think they would love to see him grow up, become the Savior that was promised? Do you think they would love to have stayed there, but they didn't? What did they do? They went back to the fields. But let me say something to you. They didn't go back the way they came. They went back changed, right? They went back different than they were when they showed up. They went back not as insignificant, but as significant people. They went back and their lives had been changed. And it says when they went back, they returned and they worshiped the Lord. It says they glorified and they praised the Lord. Those are two really important words for us this morning. That word glorified just means this. You might want to write this down. That word glorified just means this. It means to declare how God is distinct and how God is holy. That's what it means. To glorify God is to declare how God is distinct and how God is holy. I don't know what the shepherds were doing. I don't know what they said specifically, but they were glorifying God. They were declaring with their mouth and their words how God is holy how God is distinct. Maybe they were saying that the God we serve and love, he is all-powerful, he's all-knowing, he's all-present, he's unchangeable. I don't know what they were doing, but they were declaring how their God was distinct from every other God that was worshipped and how their God was holy. They were glorifying him. And it says, and they were praising him. That Greek word praise just means to applaud, to express gratitude, or to ascribe worth. Now hear me on that. That's what that word means. That word praise just means to applaud, like, oh my gosh, God, I'm so thankful. It means to express gratitude, or it means to ascribe worth, meaning that you are worthy with my praise and my song. And they glorified and they praised the Lord. These shepherds made worship a priority in their life. And I just want to suggest this to us, that we should make worship a priority in our lives too. And I'm not talking about the worship experience here. This is wonderful and we need to not, not, not leave this and not, not go away and not, not participate. We need to be participating in corporate worship. I'm talking about personal daily worship. These shepherds were intentional about making worship priority and so should we. I know tomorrow, January, you're going back. And you're going to go back to the sense of, well, is it normal? Am I going back to the same thing I came out of? And I do pray that you've had some changing in your heart this year, that you've had some things that, that maybe we learned going through Advent that has tweaked how you feel, how you sit spiritually, where you're at in your walk with Christ, and that when you go back, you will make worship a priority, that as you walk the halls of your office complex, or walk the halls of your school, or walk the halls of wherever you find yourself, that you would spend time, first and foremost, glorifying God that you would spend time making much of him, that you would spend time declaring that God is holy and that God is distinct and there is no one like our God. Do you believe that this morning? It should come off our lips when we go out of this place too. We should not only spend time glorifying God, we should spend time praising the Lord, being quick to give him thanks, being quick to express our gratitude and being quick to ascribe him worth, saying, Lord, you are worth everything. You are worth it all. And like these shepherds, we should make worship a priority. I want you to hear me this morning as we close. There are three lessons that I'm learning. Can I say that? I haven't learned it, 
But I'm learning from the Christmas story in the aftermath of Christmas that I need to treasure and ponder the journey that God has me on. That I need to make sure that I'm proclaiming the truth of Jesus everywhere I go. And I need to make sure that worship is a priority in my life. Now hear me on this. These are three lessons I think we all should learn. But here's the truth. Either you're going to engage these, embrace these, or you're going to disregard them. And you've got to decide this morning what's it going to be. Do you want to be challenged by these, by these, by these lessons? And do you want to be impacted by these lessons? Or do you just want to discard them? And so this morning I thought, what, what best, what's the best way to end the service today? And obviously if you need prayer, Jason and Kelly are going to be over here and Pat and Willie are going to be over there. But listen, I want to help you take these steps to do what we talked about today. We're going to sing a song in just a moment that's a very, very powerful song, but this song is going to help us proclaim the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. This song is going to help us hopefully create some things in our heart and our mind that's going to help us treasure and ponder all that Jesus has done for us. And this song, hopefully, by the time we're done, is going to create something in us that makes us want to glorify and praise and worship the King of Kings. So I want to help you this morning take this first step to satisfy, fulfill these three lessons that we can learn. So right now, everybody stand with me if you would. Everybody stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's just stand together. And as we stand in this moment, I do pray for all of us that once yesterday was over, that it wasn't really over. Yeah, we may have stopped opening gifts. We may have taken down a few Christmas decorations. But the truth and the reality of what happened yesterday has changed us. We've been changed because we know that Jesus is our only hope. That Jesus is the love we long for. That Jesus is our joy and he is our peace. I pray this Christmas season we have been changed. And now that we're one day past Christmas, that we would take the lessons we learned in the aftermath of Christmas from the Christmas story and we would apply them to our lives. That maybe today, maybe before you go back to work, you would take some moments to treasure the journey that God has you on. The events, the circumstances, the people he's brought into your life. Was not on accident? And then you would take it and you would treasure those things, but then you would ponder them and ask the Lord, what lessons are you teaching me, Lord? What growth area do I need to expand in my life? And then I pray that we would make a commitment as we leave this place today to proclaim the truth of Jesus everywhere we go. The truth of his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. Then last of all, I just pray that like the shepherds, we would make worship a priority in our lives, glorifying and praising King Jesus. Let's pray. God, I love you. I thank you for today. I know Christmas was yesterday, Lord, but I just couldn't get over the Christmas story. I just couldn't get over the moment that when all things had settled down, when the angels had left there and and when Mary was there with baby and there was some time that, that we see so much beauty in the aftermath. We see so much there that we oftentimes just overlook. But God, I pray these three lessons would be lessons that we would learn this Christmas season and these three lessons would be something that we would implement into our life. Lord, in this moment, as we sing about the truth of who you are and what you've done for us, would you help us treasure the price you paid? 
Would you help us reflect on the journey you've had us on? Would you help us ponder and ask you what lessons we need to be learning and what growth we need to be seeing in our lives? But God, in this moment as we sing this song, would you help us to glorify and to praise your name? There is no other God that's ever been worshipped who came to this world to be like us. No other God who's ever been worshipped that would send his only son to die on a cross so that humanity would have a chance to be in relationship with that God. No other God did it but you, God. That's what distinguishes you from every false God is your love for humanity. And God, we thank you for that this morning. And so Lord, I pray in these next few moments that you would help us take some steps of faith today. Take some steps of proclaiming. Take some steps of treasuring and pondering. And take some steps of glorifying and praising your holy name. So God, just be with us in this moment. For it's in your precious and your holy son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together.